0: hello there my name is cj and i am the host of talking shiz podcast a podcast that is a comedy podcast that has everything you're looking for well maybe not everything you're looking for but if you're looking for something different definitely stop on by my podcast can be found on any podcast platform i talk about movies strangest stories on the internet music there's a little about everything kind of pop culture-ish so if you're looking for something different definitely stop on by the talking shiz podcast and i will see you on the next episode
1: I'm Amanda. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, <sighs> we had to restart. De- yeah. My bad. Sorry, guys. My first one was way better, but it's OK. It was. I'm sorry. She was telling this amazing story about the drop off line. Oh, the
0: cons at the school.
1: Yes. So I'm going to let you get right into it. Go.
0: OK. Y'all know the cons of the school. Yes. OK. So my kids drop off line has two lines. One on the right. One on the left. OK. Empty space in the middle. And there are certain cunts that like to get there a little bit early, like half an hour early, and sit there until it's time to open the doors and let the little precious out. Okay. And then there's us working moms that get there 15 minutes early, let the kid out so you can get to work on time. Right. And then if there's one of these cunts, you go around them in the middle. Right. They don't like for you to like they call it splitting the line.
1: Oh, cuz they've been there longer. Is it one of those like
0: No, they say it's unsafe because at any moment they could let their kids out. You shouldn't let your kid out in the middle of the road. No, they need to be like let in, let out on the side of the school. Yeah, the school side. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, um it escalated right before the break. And I kid you not. Um, So I tapped out and tapped the pod daughter in Mm -hmm. when she got home from college. She said, these women have started getting, when somebody goes to, quote unquote, split the line, they get out of their cars and stand in front of their cars.
1: Stop. Yes, sis. (sighs) So. Like a a little protest.
0: So these Karens have gotten crazy. This is a new... And so I've decided school's about to, you know. Pop off again mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. And I get there 15 minutes before the quote unquote time you're supposed to let your kids out. My kid's 13 years old. He's not in kindergarten. Right. He's, it, it's okay right. for me to let him out and wait the 15 minutes for the doors to open. He, he knows where he's going. Yeah. Stranger danger. We're aware of all of this. Yes. Let a Karen stand in front of my car.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Because they're going to have a
1: new brand of crazy called Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I actually would love to hear from our mom listeners out there if this is something that's just a Texas thing or like this is a common thing for a lot of schools or they they have like these issues with this drop off situation.
0: All I'm going to say is I really initially when she told me about this, I was like, I went off. I was like, let that cunt stand in front of my car. I'm going to get out of my car and I'm going to tell her to get the fuck out of my car because I'm not a stay-at-home mom that needs five miles all day. (laughs) But then I realized "Mm -mm, that'll get me kicked off the school property. Oh, You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stay my ass in my car. Mm -hmm. I'm calling the non-emergency number. I'm going to... Because... I'm going to be terrified of the woman standing in front of my car, yelling at me, assaulting me. And I'm scared and I need police help because I'm just trying to go to work and she's preventing me from going to work. Do you feel assaulted? And <laughs> I'm going to get that cunt kicked off the school property. <laughs> That's right, y'all. I'm going to make sure she has the day she deserves.
1: <laughs> You're going to clear with it. Oh, my gosh. Welcome to a new year, y'all. Happy 2022. Because in the new year,
0: Amanda's not going to go off. Amanda's going to be calculated.
1: Yeah. More more streamlined, more targeted with our... Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of, uh, Amanda got us a new setup. I am sitting slumber party style in this amazing new couch. It has, like, cup holders and... I don't know. It's floofy and comfy and it reclines. It reclines. It's definitely level up for sure.
0: You can thank my children for signing leases on apartments that are furnished instead of
1: needing to take this couch next year to college. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Oh, also pro tip. And I found this out and I was waiting to tell you until we started podcasting when I got Dutch Brothers this morning for us. Go Dutch Brothers. Not an ad, but we just love them. We love them. I was like, hey, I want a large nitro cold brew. And she's like, you want a medium? And I was like, why? And she's like, oh, because the large just has more ice, it's the same amount of product. I was like, give me a fucking medium bit. So save yourself some money. If you're getting a nitro cold brew at Dutch Brothers, get a medium because the large is the same amount of coffee. They just add more ice. That is why my Dutch Brothers is the best. I
0: love my Dutch
1: Brothers. Bless her. Bless her and her cute little fluffy sweater. I swear. Was it the blonde, long, dirty blonde hair? Mm-mm. She was like a brunette with short hair. Okay. But, like, I'm telling you, like, the clothing that they wear there is all like Dutch Brothers because, you know, they get it to work yeah. there. And it is so fucking cute.
0: Oh, remember the guy so when we went cute.
1: to. Do you remember the guy when we went to Houston that had that badass hoodie? Oh my god, yes! It was um, it was Dutch Brothers, but on the back it said Dutch in like this like metal like writing, death like, metal, like death writing. metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so awesome. Oh, and
0: he was high as fuck, and it
1: was like eight thirty <laughs> in the morning. <sighs> and you know what? If you ain't waking a bacon, what what are you doing with your life? Oh, bless him. I know. He's like, I got. He had to work the drive through in the cold, so
0: you, you know, know he was doing what he had to do. Exactly. Okay, let's get to our man cunts because I got
1: a good one, and we are switching to dads. Hey, if you couldn't tell, I'm so excited, and we're calling the man cunts. We are. We're gonna call man cunts. Oh, hi. We cuss on this podcast.
0: Oh Oops. yeah. So here's the thing. Um, we're gonna make a whole like little warning for everyone. We just haven't done it yet because you know we have lives.
1: Um, we cuss. We cuss, and then and a lot of our episodes are trigger warnings. So um, instead of saying SP or shit pothole every single time and interrupting the flow of like the story or whatever, we're just going to put explicit on the beginning and proceed at your own risk kind of thing. Not like the E can't tell you enough, but you know, just I in mean, case. If you've been with us for
0: all 30 episodes, right? You know us, you love us, you're here for us. Exactly. You're
1: living your best life with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're living our best lives with y'all. So thank you all for listening. Because we love you. We do. You ready? I, I I don't know, am I? Oh girl. He's a good one. I can tell you're excited. Okay. Let's so go. excited about this.
0: Xavier Pierre Marie Dupont de l'Angenet. Oh wow. You went all in like a super French. Like, dude. My son thinks French. Oh. <laughs> he Thanks. was he was born January 9th, 1961, in
1: Versailles, France. 1961? Why does I feel like he should have been born in like the 1500s?
0: Because his name is Xavier Pierre-Marie de Pont de Langeanet. Yeah, it's a very... <laughs> I just like saying that because I can say it. Unlike all the other
1: non-American names I try to say. You know what? I'm going to say in 2022, you're going to get better at saying names. Because you, you whipped out um, Milagro on one of the other Dugger episodes. Milagro. See what I'm So I, I have a faith in you.
0: And, okay, so he was born to Bernard Hubert de Pont de, bon- de Longenay. It's just funny at this point because I'm so <laughs> over the top. And Genevieve Therese Matre. So Bernard, his father was an engineer. And um, the Dupont de Longenay family was originally... An aristocrat family. Ah, that's why. There we have it. Yeah. Um, but Xavier was actually raised by a single mom with his sister Christine after their father abandoned them while trying to evade the tax authorities. So Xavier and Christine were raised in a sectarian in sectarian Catholicism. So I didn't even know what that meant because you know, me and religion we're not friends. Right. Um, so, basically, it means um, there's different sects within Catholicism, and they be- and they display prejudice towards one another. I didn't even know that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, when you're sectarian, you're prejudiced against whatever other Catholic sects there are out there. Interesting. And okay. not only that, his mother was completely convinced there was going to be an imminent apocalypse.
1: Well. And so that's a really dysfunctional house to grow up in. Yeah, that the threat of, like, the world ending isn't a great way to live.
0: And even though Johnny over there is Catholic, they're from Roman Catholic instead of this Catholic. So we're going
1: to. And so we're now, we don't like them either. Yeah. So there's this whole. Yeah, so you're growing up in turmoil. Yeah. Good times. Mm -hmm. Fun.
0: So Xavier met Agnes. Hagdenger in the early 80s when he was 20 and she was 17. Um, Agnes was born November 9th, 1962, in Nadler sur France, to Daniel Hagdenger and Nicole Abbas. Xavier was young, and he longed for adventure, and so he broke up with Agnes so he could travel. And I'm really not even mad at that because he didn't expect
1: her to wait for him while he went and lived his best life. Yeah, no, and plus he's 20. She's 17. I mean, it's young. you're dating. It's not even anything serious. It's whatever. Yeah. 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 A year later, he returned to Versailles, and he found
0: out Agnes was pregnant with someone else's baby. But Xavier... He chose to marry her in 1992 and adopt the baby as his own. Interesting. Now, marrying an unwed mother in Versailles at this time was basically unheard of. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So he was like, good guy, right? Well, yeah, because, I mean, it's just the opposite of the States. We're known for the shotgun wedding. So that's why it's like, wait, why? Well,
0: this wasn't his baby.
1: True. And the baby was actually two at the time. Okay. So he was like, okay, I can see how people would be like, wait, what? Why? Why are you getting involved with this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Xavier and Agnes,
0: they actually went on to have three biological children of their own. So they had a total of four kids. Arthur, Thomas, Anne, and Benoit. Benoit. <laughs> I know. I'm like, where's the really French name in there? Gotta have one. There it mm-hmm. is. <laughs> so Agnes was an assistant at the Blanche de Castile Catholic School in Nantes, where she taught catechism. All right, here we are back to a religious thing that I know nothing about, so I hit up the Google machine.
1: <gasps> <laughs> so, no, I... I do. You, do you know what it is? I do, and I studied it, and I had my first... Um, I wasn't Catholic, but I was raised Lutheran. So yeah, you had to study catechism and you had to learn, like, I took like two years and then I got my, uh, what the fuck was it called? Um, confirmation. I was confirmed in the, in the Lutheran church. You had to go up and stand in front of like, basically like saying, I've learned all these things. You dedicate yourself to God. You say the Bible verse that you've memorized that your own Bible verse and, um, yeah, it's like a confirmation day as part of a church service, so yeah.
0: So, in the Catholic Church, it's the organized teaching, organized presentation of the essential teachings of the Catholic Church in regards to your faith and your morals. So, yeah. the pod hubby
1: did go to Catholic Church when he was a kid. Oh, he was, I didn't know that. He's in. I mean, I know he's not now, but I mean, like. Right, right, right. Were they Catholic or were they just, they just go to, like, went no, to no, church? No, they were Catholics. So, they were Catholic. th- in America, we call this CCD class. Vaguely remember hearing about that, yeah.
0: Yes. So, this is CCD class, so then you can go take communion. Right, at, like, seven or eight is when you take communion. Yes. Right. So, that's, that's what it was. Gotcha. So, Agnes was actually very religious and regularly attended mass with the children. Okay. So let's learn about the children. Our author Nicholas was born July seventh, nineteen ninety, and he was two when Agnes and Xavier got married. As I said, um, he earned a baccalaureate in science, industrial technology, and substantial development at twenty and was studying for a technical diploma in IT at the St. Gabriel Private College in St. Laurent-sur-Cervante in Verdi, in the Verdi department. And he actually worked as a waiter at a pizzeria.
1: Okay, normal.
0: Yeah. Thomas was born August 28, 1992, and he earned a baccalaureate in literature, but he was also passionate about music and was studying it at the Catholic University of West in Ingers, and he lived in the Asint Abin Hall in, of Residence, and it was said he was an ordinary kid who was often with his family when they dropped him off and picked him up from school, you know, probably during breaks or if he wanted to go home. Yeah. Nothing again. on. Um, Anne was born August 2nd, 1994, and she was in the 11th grade at La Pierby, a private Catholic school. She was following um, the science curriculum.
1: (gasps) I think I know where this story is. Sorry, I just realized. Okay. Uh uh
0: (laughs) Friends and relatives described her as a girl who shared her mom's religious beliefs, and everyone said she was really approachable and friendly. And she also was a model for mail order catalogs, which good for her mail order catalogs. <laughs> do you remember
1: those. I, I mean, do. seriously. Delilah. What was it? Delilah's. Oh, my. Del- god, Delia's. Delia's. Yes. Oh, fuck. Man, there's a whole TikTok account that goes through. She has like she's collecting all those old mail order catalogs from our childhood. Girl, she went through a Delia's catalog that I swear to you I had. And I was like losing my mind. There's nothing better than a male or catalog. That's no, all I'm
0: gonna say. Truly. Um. So Benoit was born May 29th, 1997, and he was an altar server at the Saint Felix Church, and he liked to play the drums. I'm gonna say that's like an altar boy.
1: Yeah, altar server. Yeah, probably does the whole like um, when you do communion, you know, he hands the priest the Eucharist and the cup and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> So, I mean, if if you all haven't noticed, like
0: all these kids were like, boom, 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 90, 92, 94 and 97.
1: I mean, what have I said about the kids with the years back to back, but not as bad as the Duggars, let's say, where they're like 13 months apart where you're like, yo, y'all need to chill where it's like she's not even fully healed yet. And we already have another child on the way. Like, what is happening? but it sounds like a normal family. Okay. Keep going. I want to see if this is what I think it is in my head. I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. So um, in July, 2010, Xavier
0: sent emails to friends saying that one day there may be quote unquote accidents that have happened to his family that he might be blamed for. And that in quote, and this is a quote I hope that even after the police investigate, my parents, brothers, and sisters will never be led to believe that I intentionally caused these accidents. In parentheses, even if the evidence is strong, like who says that?
1: Nobody, nobody, nobody. says that. Nobody goes. Oh, by the way, if you have, we have this accidents and at, at our house, it wasn't me. It's like when, it's like when they raided Josh Duggar's dealership,
0: and he's talking to the police freely, I might add, and says, why are you here? Are you looking for child porn? Uh, they, they didn't <laughs> ask you that. You just were like, why do you say that? Why I'm did tearing. you say that?
1: You said it in writing, my friend. Yeah, seriously. Like, nobody's gonna... It's emails? Oh, yeah. 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 Come on, man. That was an email, bro. Mm. Very strange. Again, yes. my rule of he who smelt it, dealt it. And applies. but you know what? The French, different culture. We find it weird. Maybe in France, that's not odd. I think it'd be odd in any culture. Don't you to be like all of a sudden, like just be emailing friends and being like, yeah, you know, so some crazy shit's about to go down at the house. Well, wasn't me. Don't worry about it. It's all good. It, it was
0: hypothetical. Maybe
1: if something happens, I don't know. Well, let's move
0: on. Yeah, let's let's move on. So in 2011, the family lived in a modest house in Nantes, L'Or, Atlantique, France, where Xavier worked as a salesman and he tried to start up a business and it was a complete failure. He blew through his wife's inheritance, which was about 50,000 euros, $56,341.40 of American money. Mm-hmm. And then he borrowed money from a mistress. Oh, but this side piece was not having it. And he took and she took him to court to repay her. Yeah. Smart. She, she was like, fuck you,
1: motherfucker. You ain't going to take no my ass and my money. <laughs> this is a, this, it's not the business I'm in. Yeah, correct. <laughs> she was like, you can have this, but not my money. Yeah. You can have the coup, de coup but not the paper I totally paper. Totally agree with her on that. Like, I'm your mistress. I am not your bank. Exactly. Um,
0: so these debts and his professional failures led Xavier to share suicidal thoughts with friends. He even sent an email to two friends that had a document titled Dispositions.
1: Doc. Uh, interesting. I know. The weird. level of emails that are happening. Why aren't these text messages? How old is this person? 40? 2011. This is 10 years ago. Yeah, but he was born in the 60s. So he'd be in his what, 40s, 50s. Don't then, make me math. I know. I know. Don't make me math. I know. Same. I'm just saying. Well, I'm just saying, like, why are you not texting? I mean, like, if you're going to put it in writing, why is email your first choice? This is where my head's going. I'm just also like.
0: Because he was like, born in 1961.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like a lot of work. You know what I mean? Because
0: that's what they did. They wrote, I don't think there was texting.
1: Of course, there was texting in 2010. But
0: I don't think, I think it was
1: like a pay by text situation in oh. 2011. Oh, that's true. And Europe has different rules, or not just rules, but like different plans and shit besides just, yeah. I, Good point. Good point. Saying, I'm just saying. True story.
0: You got to go back 10 years.
1: You're right. You're right.
0: So, January 20th, 2011, Xavier's father, Hubert, died of a heart attack. Hmm. One of Hubert's neighbors, Michael, recalls Xavier trying to recover Count's signet ring and trying to find out if Hubert had any money, but unfortunately, Hubert died in poverty. But the one thing Xavier did find in Hubert's apartment was a twenty-two caliber long long rifle. Oh, Jesus. And Michael remembered the last time he saw Xavier, he had a very, quote-unquote, dark look in his eyes. Maybe he was grieving. Yeah, for sure. And and, I mean, that that's just a very like.
1: Yeah, everyone grieves differently. And you know what? And again, I'm going to reference Texas. You pass down guns and it's way less common there. I get that. And also they were aristocratic. Yes. So it's probably like an heirloom type. Yes. So gun from the 18 whatever. Yeah. So a a long rifle. I mean, it's not
0: right. Happy <laughs> shotgun. Yeah, or an AR or <laughs> something crazy. I know. So February 2nd, 2011, Xavier attained his firearms license.
1: Okay, and then that negates everything I just said.
0: I don't know the laws in France. Maybe he had to have it to have a long rifle. Possibly. Okay. Keep going. March 12th, 2011, Xavier purchased long rifle bullets and registered the Charles Day... Amieres. Oh, I said that like Spanish. Sorry.
1: <laughs> it is They're still both f- Latin. They're both romance languages. So. Oh, shooting range. I'm not even going to reattempt that. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing so
0: good. You know, uh, you're, you're still doing good. Keep going. He this. visited the range four times between March 6th and April 1st. Okay. Thomas and Benoit has started to learn how to shoot as well. So it's like we got this gun from... Um, what was it
1: Hubert. Yes and, and grandpa's gun. Yeah. Again, nothing no, two I... flag red flaggy. No,
0: no. One of the questions he asked his instructor about though was using a silencer. Okay,
1: here's where it turns. Yeah, that's where we just took a turn. Plus like if you if your friends know that you're suicidal and I'm I'm assuming they also know you now have this gun and with guns being so less prevalent in Europe than they are in the States, I'd be like, hmm, orange flag. You know, like, I'd be like, let's check in on Xavier and just make sure he's okay. So, I find, right?
0: I mean, I don't know a lot about guns, but I'm thinking a silencer, or a long rifle is weird. It's very weird. So, it's, it's strange. Um. Hmm. So then on the 12th, he did purchase a silencer to fit the long rifle and then in late march xavier purchased the following items from a diy store 200 miles from where he lived a roll of large bin liners and a box of adhesive plastic paving slabs
1: i mean come on y'all
0: he, maybe he was in the area and realized, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this home improvement project. I forgot to pick this up at the local Lowe's.
1: Sure. Do they have those in France? Probably not. But still, like, come on, man. Let me guess. You used a credit card and you were caught on film. I mean, I'm just saying I'm Please. spitballing here. Yeah.
0: Spitballing. Like, I don't know the story. <laughs> um. <laughs> so April 1st, 2011. Arthur left for college um, or no, he left college. Sorry, not left for college. He left college. So he's coming back home. Um, But he didn't show up at the P is a place he worked to pick up his monthly check. Can we address that monthly
1: check? Hmm. Well, also, because servers there and, and food people get um food people. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what he meant. Food service workers get a pay a more of a living wage. Like here's I, like 213. Well,
0: yeah, I know that. But um, once a month. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to budget that.
1: Okay. I don't know.
0: OK, anyhow. So the manager was really shocked because Arthur always picked up his check on a regular basis at the beginning of the month.
1: Right. Like, so that's strange. Yes, it's strange that he was not there to pick up his check. And a kid in college needs that money because right. you, you, you're. Starting your life, essentially. So, right. yeah, that's huge.
0: So, on April 2nd, 2011, Xavier bought cement, Okay. a shovel, a hoe, four bags of lime, 10 kilograms each from different shops in the Nantes area. Um, Quick lime is a calcium oxide, and when it comes in contact with water, it reacts to make calcium hydroxide, known as slot lime, this corrosive material may damage a corpse, but the heated product from its activity um, will kill many of the purifying bacteria and
1: hydrate the body. Interesting. So, so that's what lime does to a body. So it just like sucks all the.
0: Wait, it so, hydrates okay. or
1: dehydrates the body.
0: So, um, quick lime when it comes into contact with water, it reacts to make calcium hydroxide known as slacked lime. That material will damage a corpse, mm, okay. but the heated product from the activity, um, will kill many of the purifying bacteria and hydrate the body. So you don't want it to come in contact with water.
1: Okay. gotcha. Well,
0: Fun fact, everyone who wants to murder someone and buy a line. Right. I just, you're welcome. Also, like, police don't come at
1: me. I didn't really, as I was helpful. Of all the fucking, again, we're true crime fans. So that is a murder, like, that's shopping like, list. That's period. like,
0: that's like, um,
1: a murder kit. Truly, like 101. If you were going to put it in a list- All of those things would be on there. But what you should have done is bought everything separately, like two, three, four months apart. Yeah, exactly. And stored them and bought in cash and went to places in different
0: places, ordered it. uh,
1: Yeah. There's all these. Come on, guys. Let's be smarter, smarter criminals. Right. Please don't do this. Asked Agnes to pick up a couple of items. Right. Exactly. And she's like, okay, like whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ay, Dios mio. But, anyway, Asked he's hired to
0: pick it up at school. Anyhow, spiraling. let's move on. April 3rd, 2011. I almost said 12. I mean, 2020. I don't know,
1: whatever. Truly.
0: April 3rd, 2011. Fabrice, the neighbor, saw Agnes for the last time. And shortly after, he saw Xavier putting large bags into his
1: Citroen. Citroen. Citron. citron. Oh, he had a citron. Nice.
0: C5 car. That evening, the whole family ate out at a restaurant and went to the movies. Fun.
1: I'm, I'm, mm, I don't like it. It's giving bad vibes. It's giving me no, bad vibes. Oh, they
0: went to dinner in a movie as a family. They hung out as a family, Jeff.
1: He's doing this whole thing. I, he's doing this whole like Are you having Let's anxiety? Have a good time before I... Are you having a little you of a need to come in? I need a all the gummies in the world. No, I'm you having can... lots of anxiety right now because Please No.
0: Don't... Oh god. Do you... I don't I don't have any gummies up here.
1: <laughs> no, I don't like it. Okay. It's giving me bad vibes.
0: But at 10:37 he called his sister Christine and left the following message. We spent our Sunday evening at the cinema together then in a restaurant and we've just gotten back. I'm calling to ask if it's too late to speak to you on the phone and not and I and not I see it On to voicemail, but I was surprised. You spoke to me about Bertram, who's getting ready for his flight, huh? But I thought he's only just arrived, so I was a bit surprised. Anyway, sending you my love. If it's not too late, call me back or send me a text. Oh, you're right, and I'll call you. Okay, I'm going to put the kids to bed. Say
1: hi to everyone. See you soon, maybe. Okay, so this was to whom he left his voicemail to his sister? His sister, Christine. Yes. You know what? Now I'm thinking about it since he is texting. Maybe he's a stupid fucker who's thinking, oh, they don't read emails. They only read texts. You know, cops. You know what I'm saying?
0: Maybe no, he's thinking I don't that think way. so.
1: You don't think so? I don't think so. Hmm.
0: So less than a month later, a bailiff came to collect a debt of 20,000 euros, which is $22,569.80 in American money. A lot of money. Um, at the family home, but the door was closed, and during the same time, the lease on their house was terminated. and strange letters explaining the family's sudden departure abroad is part of the witness protection program, which sent to the kid's school, relatives, and
1: friends. Witness protection. I actually Fuck have, out of here.
0: OK, so I actually have that later on and I'm going to break down this time frame. Yeah. Um. So. I'm going to break that down. So for 15 days, no one heard anything from the family. Relatives were getting worried. And finally, at the assistance of the relatives, the investigators did more searching at the family home and they found Agnes, 48, Arthur, 21, Thomas, 18, Anne, 16, Benoit, 13, and both of the family dogs buried under the terrace of the family home.
1: Okay, this is it. Oh, my God. This is a fucking crazy case. Okay, keep going. I love this. (laughs) I love this case because it's (laughs) fucking crazy. Yeah.
0: An revealed revealed the family had been drugged and methodically executed with a 22 long rifle. Hmm. The only person missing was Xavier, and that only created so many more questions. The public prosecutor of Nantes, yet again, I use my Spanish, sorry, was preparing to launch a simple call for witnesses when it took a turn into a criminal investigation into kidnapping and assassination. Um... So the investigators believe that Xavier murdered his wife and kids on the night of April 3rd or 4th. So April 4th, Anne and Benoit did not attend school due to illness and their friends became concerned when they were unable to reach them online or by text. Mm. Xavier spoke to Christine on the phone for 20 or 30 minutes and she told the police everything seemed normal.
1: Mm. That's not good. Because he's a psycho, right?
0: April 5th, 2011, a friend of Thomas's confirmed that Thomas spent the afternoon of the 5th with him at a friend's home in Angers, where they hung out, playing music, watching TV, and Thomas planned to spend the night at his house. But Xavier called Thomas, asking him to return to Nantes, saying his mom had been in a cycling accident. He said, Listen, you have to come back. Your mother has been in a bicycle accident. She's in the hospital in a coma. We don't know if she'll come out of it. It's very serious. You have to come home. Mm. So I actually have conflicting information on what happened after that. Um, One thing says Thomas ate and took the train home at 10 p.m., And the, the friend tried to reach Thomas, but received a text message saying, I'm not coming to your, to yours. I'm ill. Um, and really ill. I'm not coming to class. Two days later, he got a text and said, I'm out of battery. My dad's looking for a charger. And that's the last you heard from Thomas. But then. I had information that said on the 5th, Xavier and Thomas ate an expensive restaurant and two waiters remember Thomas feeling ill near the end of the meal and the two barely talking to each other. Hmm. So either he came home, he ate and came home late on the train or he went home and ate a late dinner with his dad. Okay. I'm not quite sure. All right. They found both those things.
1: Kind of evidence both ways a little Unclear. Yes. Got it.
0: So um, this was also the day the bailiff
1: arrived to recover the $20,000 euro debt and no one answered the door. Real quick. Do we know why they were owing that debt? Was it like taxes or something like that? Um, Probably. OK. Like on his father's estate, you know, like I, I that think, kind of a
0: thing. No, I think it was probably just debt that Xavier owed. OK. Um. So, and neighbors did say they saw Agnes in front of the house that day as well, but the autopsy puts her death before
1: the 5th, so I think they were just mistaken. Yeah, and eyewitness accounts can be be sketch at best, unfortunately. Well,
0: I mean, do you remember what you did this morning before you came to my house? Fuck no. Do you remember if you saw a neighbor? Uh, No, not
1: at all. Okay. I couldn't tell you.
0: Exactly. (laughs) So um, this day, though, um, Pauline Thomas's ex-girlfriend had a Facebook conversation while he was at his friend's house also. And But he seemed to have an odd way of writing when he told him of his mother's accident. And he also told her he was lonely and that he had been skipping music rehearsal, which was really out of character for him. So I Hmm. think
1: Thomas knew something was going on. Do you think he was the last to die? I think it's giving last to die vibes for me. It's feeling like since he has all this, this history of action after everybody else in the family is essentially gone. I feel like maybe, I don't know if Thomas was in on it, but I feel like maybe his dad was very connected to Thomas. You know what I'm saying? We'll see. Okay. Okay.
0: During the week, neighbors heard the dogs howling two consecutive nights and then never heard them again.
1: Okay. And that's not to negate human life, but fuck you for killing those dogs. That pisses me off. I hate when people kill animals. It, I just fucking hate it. I hate when people torture animals, which I know we're about to get into a lot of it because we're going through these guys. But it's just like, why? Why the dogs have to die? What couldn't you have given them to somebody else or something like that? Just being like, oh, I can't afford these dogs anymore. Whatever. Why do you have to kill the dogs? I love how you're getting more mad about the dogs. Than the I'm very push. fucking pissed at that because they're innocent. They have no skin in this game at all. Not like his family deserve to die either by no means. It's just like, why the dogs? Why? It's like when they kill him in movies, I'm like, what's the point of this? What are we doing here? I will go John Wick on everyone's asses. Who kills dogs? That's she my stance. I will st- die on this hill.
0: She tried to make me stop in the middle of 610 going into Houston. Absolutely because. Good. There was dogs I didn't even see in the middle of the median. And I'm like,
1: I'm sorry. They're out of luck, Chuck. Dude, they were running around in the middle of the median on this fucking highway. That's why the cars were like slowing down. They did have collars. And there was a car stopped on the other side of the road. So I have a feeling like the owner was trying to get them back in or somebody was trying to get back in a car.
0: But yeah, all I'm going to say is I was just trying to make sure the person behind me didn't rear in me because I was trying to make sure I didn't rear the person in front of me because these assholes were slamming on the brakes on if you're from Texas, 610.
1: Hello? Yeah, it's a
0: massive highway. So, anywho, April 6, 2011. <laughs> Arthur's girlfriend was concerned because she had not heard from him and went to the house. She noticed a light on, on the first floor, but no one answered the door, and the dogs didn't bark when she knocked. Mm. April 7th. Xavier is seen making several trips to and from his car with large bags. A neighbor claims to have spoken with Agnes on this day while walking the dog, but I don't think it's possible because, and I think they were mistaken on the day, even though the neighbor swore up and down, it was this day.
1: Yeah. I, as someone who swears up and down a lot of times that, oh, it was definitely this day. I've been proven otherwise. They're like, no, look, this is the, I'm like, oh, shh, you're right.
0: Yeah. I. Yeah. No. Um, April 8th, Xavier writes in the Catholic online forum site, catholic.org from the IP address of the family home. He also sends an email to Christine's husband saying, everything's fine, Bertram. You'll hear more detailed news soon through Christine. Bye for now. All the best, Xavier. And a message to Xavier's mother and sister is also sent from the family's home IP address. Anne and Benoit's school receive the letter, receive a letter saying Xavier, um, a letter signed by Xavier stating Anne and Benoit will be leaving the school and the family will be moving to Australia due to urgent professional changes. <laughs> the school where Anne works receives a signed resignation letter, allegedly signed by Anne. Um but the headmaster cannot reach Agnes by the phone. Like, she gets this resonational letter, So, of course, she tries to contact yeah. Agnes and can't get a hold of her. Right. And a typed letter unsigned dated April 11th was sent to Xavier's immediate family. Let me read this to you. Hi, everyone. Huge surprise. We have to leave Urgently for the U.S. due to a very particular set of circumstances that we will explain below. You're receiving this letter by conventional post because for the next few years, we can't communicate any other way. No emails, no texts, no phone calls for safety reasons. (sighs) When you read this letter, we will no longer be in France and won't be able to return for an as yet undetermined period of time. In quotes or in parentheses, a few years. You must be wondering what's going on, dot, dot, dot. Here's the story. At least as much as we're allowed to tell you, this letter is the only correspondence we are allowed to write, which might be good news for some of you as it's been checked before sending to you. We started our company in Miami in 2003. We were put into contact with the person who helped us start the company with the DEA. Drug Enforcement Administration, a sort of American drug squad with agents on the ground in several countries. Oh my God. Who were looking for a French national to infiltrate the French nightclub scene to obtain information about (laughs) drug trafficking and money laundering networks without drawing attention to themselves. Through the (laughs) route days, I'm not even going to attempt that word. I found myself in a different city every evening with. A legitimate reason to make contact with nightclub bosses to invite them to be listed in the leisure section of the RDC. So
1: I, Xavier, was the ideal candidate. Yeah, clearly. The ideal candidate to infiltrate a giant drug cartel in France. Sure.
0: So once I was tested and briefed, I accepted my mission of working
1: incognito
0: for the DEA under the condition that I maintain secrecy, which includes. Even more importantly, the children. So that's the real reason why we couldn't re. That's the real reason why we returned to France instead of settling in Miami and not due to vaccinations that are supposedly dangerous for the children. Those who have never swallowed the bogus reason can be rest assured they were right. LOL. What? That makes no whatever. Whatever, dude. This has allowed us to build our official business activity, the RDC and SELREF, established specifically to develop some website alongside RDC so that nightclubs can feature in it and to have an unofficial monthly income since this official activity did not bring in enough money to cover our expenses. Far from it. So there's the reason why he didn't have money, allegedly. Mm. Moreover, moreover, even with this cash boost, we have experienced temporary financial difficulties from time to time. As you all know, we'd like to take this opportunity once again to thank Emmanuel and Bertram who bailed us out in a timely manner by acting as our bankers. Everything has gone according to plan in the nightclubs for the last seven years until now. With the information that I, Xavier, have collected in this time, I have become a key witness in the upcoming trial involving major and international drug trafficking kingpins. The trial will have to take place in the U.S. for the next few years. The date has not yet been determined. What complicates matters is the certain tips have recently led us to believe that my cover may have been blown. And unfortunately, we received information of this yesterday. Therefore the situation has now become potentially dangerous for us and has required us to take emergency measures.
1: Okay.
0: When I first went undercover I accepted that I might be placed into the federal witness protection program. This is what we now have to do and we're not doing it with any excitement but because it's necessary and there's no way around it. So we have taken into been taken into protective custody in the Of the u.s government and transferred to the u.s and we are now and we now have new identities which must of course be kept secret by the time you read this letter we will officially no longer exist as french citizens we will be lambada u.s citizens living in the u.s like any other u.s citizen except we will be forbidden from communicating with our family and friends for an undetermined period of time at least until the trial is over. This gives us some advantages and disadvantages. Advantages. Absolute safety. No reprisals to fear. U.S. government is taking care of us financially. Living in the U.S., we can't tell you where, but the weather is warm most of the time and the music is is good. What? (laughs) They're in Texas, (laughs) y'all. Disadvantages. Sudden rushed departure in total secrecy without being able to put our affairs in order. No contact with you for a long time. Impossible to let anyone know all electronic communications had to cease immediately. The hardest thing, there is some tension with the children who couldn't tell their friends and are forbidden from using Facebook and other online networks. But it's okay, really, they understand. We had to give up the dogs Luckily, someone took both of them so they won't be separated. We are relying each of you to carry out the tasks that we have assigned to you below. We hope we haven't asked too much of any of you. We know we can count on you. So now he's giving homework? Uh Uh-huh. Fuck you, man. Cedric, come and remove whatever is left in the home by May 31st. The earlier, the better. (sighs) Mm. We started sorting through things and giving giving stuff away, clothes, etc., but we didn't have time to finish. We could have let the Americans sort everything out, but they're not very thorough and everything would have gotten lost. Price furniture, musical instruments, cars. 70% of the stuff can be taken to the dump. All the beds, chests of drawers, storage boxes, trunks, etc. The furniture to keep is in the living room. The wardrobe has been taken apart in Arthur's room and the desk in the laundry room. The rest can go to the dump. The nearest one is eco point three kilometers from the house. Open until midday on Sundays. I mean, he gave you directions and everything. Wow. Something's redacted. Accept the boxes pertaining to Project Crystal, maps, tickets, etc., which need to be given to FM, full name redacted. Contact him slash her by phone. Also accept the equipment to give back. Boy, you guys router. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. The furniture to be kept should be given to local Malo, which, or while waiting for it to be shipped to be full name redacted, Agnes's brother, see below. The house keys are hidden outside in the gas meter, which you can open with any tool car key, screwdriver, knife. Note some of the copies of the front door key are badly done, and you have to wiggle the key around in the lock to get the door open. He's being awfully
1: helpful. He's very detailed with this letter.
0: We are able to put everything we want. We were a- We were able to put everything we want to keep and which we can by no means take with us in a safe to find later, such as personal items, photos that might show a non-American life, souvenirs, computers, various pieces of paperwork, jewelry, weapons. So you don't need... To do any sorting, just throw everything out or keep it for yourself if you want.
1: I like how you lumped in weapons to throw out. That's convenient.
0: Mm -hmm. Inform Alan and other friends of our departure. Sell the golf convertible and the Xantia. The signed paperwork is on the living room table. And send the money from the sale minus 20% commission for your service to Christine. Contact her by phone. Note the C5 was unsellable, so it was given to the father of one of Arthur's friends for parts. Also, go to Arthur and Thomas's places to do the same thing. The landlords are aware. The addresses and keys are on the living room table. Presents for Cedric to share with Renaud and other friends who lend a helping hand to thank you for your help. Table, football, piano, TV, and other video equipment. CD, DVD collection, audio and videotapes, musical instruments, drum kit, guitar and bass, piano, plus other things which anyone can take. Refrigerator, tumble dryer. P.S. No need to worry about the metal detector or the canoe, which can stay there. nor the rumble and the other mess piled up on the terrace at the end of the garden in the basement. That was there when we moved in.
1: Ah. Uh, just avoid the terrace. Yeah, the terrace. It's just a mess. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Bertrand.
0: <laughs> arrange with Setra to recover and store the high-end furniture to be kept. There Ha Danger family heirlooms. Contact Full Name Redacted to get the crowbar display cabinet from her and take the other worthless furniture off her hands. Perform all the Hon Danger family. Redacted, redacted. Give money from the sale of the display cabinet to Christine to share it with Vero. Keep the sales receipts from the furniture to cover any moving fees. Emmanuel, set up an appointment for final inspection and inventory after May 31st with the full name redacted agency and obtain the deposit and send it to Christine even if the amount is insignificant. (laughs) Cancel the electricity, gas, telephone, water, internet, and water contracts. Paperwork is on the living room table. Tell our friends, Michael, Mark, Ludo, et cetera, about our departure. FYI, send all the letters addressed in the house are being returned to... FYI, all the letters addressed to the house are being returned to sender. All, ongoing matters will fall by the wayside as time goes by, Social Security and other professional or private matters. Christine and Bertram, manage the accounts according to the instructions and in the document enclosed with this letter. More than... 4,000 euros will be coming in every month to various accounts for a while. Press the proceeds of the sale of the furniture mentioned above. Where's this money coming from? I don't even know. Frederic, inform Veronique and help her let the rest of the Lejeune's family know. Redacted, the best thing to do would be to send her a copy of this letter when she is in Versailles. Important tell the youngsters not to divulge any information on Facebook and not to be surprised if the kids don't reply to them. If possible, pursue Crystal Project Crystal. This could be a good project for Arthur, somebody's son, maybe somebody, and it would allow us to have a comfortable income when we return. The enclosed documents give an overview of the project. Contact Cedric to pick up the Dock of maps and tickets so that's it for the to-do to-do list the children's schools are aware as arthur's and thomas's landlords and agnes's and arthur's employers the official story is that we have been transferred to australia for work without providing any specific details it would be good if you could spread this false story on so on facebook and elsewhere we hope it doesn't drag on for too many years but we are still anxious about how long the legal proceedings in the U.S. will take. In a while from now, we will be able to send you some information by post. We have designated Emmanuel as the central contact as he has the advantage of knowing most all of you. He will be the one who receives letters to be sent to you. He will receive instructions in good time. Of course, we send all our love and are thinking of you very much during this enforced separation. Take good care of yourselves. We'll have so many stories to tell you later on. There's no proof this letter was actually written by Xavier.
1: No way. I mean, all, I mean, okay. I understand there's no proof. This was like physically written because he's saying he's written it. No, it was typed. It was typed and it was sent to people, all these people on the Uh to-do list. Uh All I know is it, uh, this person, whoever wrote it, is very, very full of themselves and thinks they are very clever and they got everything fucking figured out and they're just going to put all the hard work on everybody else after that person killed their family and the dogs. Fuck you. And like left them underneath the fucking terrace. So really
0: uh, about 2 p.m. on April the 11th, the same day, the letter and the emails and what whatnot. And nosy neighbor Estelle. Oh, I guess Estelle is the equivalent of Gladys in America. Oh, Gladys Kravis. Yes, we need more Gladys Kravises sometimes. But this is Estelle in France. She knows the family home was closed up. She knew the house was usually busy and she saw meshes taped to the mailbox um, to return the mail to the sender. The shutters were closed when they were usually open and they were even open when they went on vacay. So Mm. Estelle did what Estelle does and she watched for two days. Oh, yeah. And when things stayed the same, she called the police. So. um, And the police showed up and it was kind of like.
1: I mean, maybe they just went away. Yeah. Like, what what can we do here? There's no sign of. Exactly. Anything. But you know what? Thank you, Estelle. She her spidey senses were going off because she's a nosy neighbor and she did the right thing. Yes. Good job. So, Xavier actually spent the
0: night of April the 11th at Hotel Talos and dined the next day at a five-star inn in Value Close, where he stayed the night. Well, I'm sure he did have a lot more money now that his family was fucking gone. So, on April 13th, 2011, the local police, um, it was two days later, that's when Estelle actually called the police on April 13th. They came, they checked out the house, they noticed it was locked up, the shutters were still closed. They had a locksmith open the door. Oh, is that legal to do? In France, it is. Okay. Once inside, everything was in place. Um, Some of the bedrooms, they were missing the sheets from the beds and the closets were open. And at first, the police believed the family had just left on their own and they had no reason to launch an investigation. Sure. Good old Estelle was not convinced, though. And she still believed something was wrong because the only car that was missing couldn't fit the entire family in it. And that night, Xavier stayed at a hotel in La Seine sur in a Bar in the southeastern of France. He had lived there in the 80s and he actually contacted an ex-girlfriend, but she didn't meet with him. She told the police she did she, he contacted her, but she didn't meet with him. Yeah. April 14th, Xavier withdrew 30 euros from an ATM at bar, and he actually stayed at the hotel for Mila One. Where he checked out the next day, he left his car behind, he crossed the parking lot carrying a bag with a long object in it. <laughs>
1: a long object. Gee, what could that be? <clears throat> Although, I will say, if he didn't take it with him, the long rifle, and he did actually leave it for the weapons to be disposed, both are smart ideas. Exactly.
0: So April 15, 2011, the police returned the house for more thorough investigation, and that's when they discovered photos were missing from the frames, but there was nothing else sus about the house. But Agnes's family continued to pressure the police, and the police went back on the 18th, the 19th, and the 20th.
1: Yeah, see, this is whenever the families are like, no, 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 something's fucked up here. No. But on their sixth
0: visit to the house, on the 21st, this would not happen in America. The
1: police would not keep going back. No, they'd be like, move on with your lives.
0: Yes, they were like, we have better things to do. Right. But on their sixth visit, on the 21st, a lieutenant actually saw something odd under the terrace in the garden. And that's when they opened an investigation. There it is. While digging under the terrace, they discovered a large trash bag bound with tape. Inside the bags were several bodies wrapped in blankets and duvets. They were tied up and put in the bags. The first grave contained Agnes Arthur, Benoit, and Anne. The two dogs were buried together with a crucifix, and Thomas was found in a separate grave. See,
1: okay. See what I'm saying about the Thomas thing? I think he really, I think that was his favorite kid. Don't lie. It happens. And, like, I think that that was his, like, kind of way of homage, I guess, or whatever. I'll give it to him. He put a fucking cross on the dog's graves but still doesn't excuse it. So, April 21st,
0: Xavier's metallic blue C5 was found in the car park at the Formula One hotel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the autopsy indicated that the drug found in sleeping pills was found in the children but not Agnes. Oh. Agnes did have sleep a sleep apnea machine and it was discovered that her machine stopped suddenly at 3 a.m. on the morning of April third or fourth. And the way that's worded, I'm not sure if it was if they're saying April third or fourth, because you know how some people could say it was the night of April
1: 3rd or the oh, morning of April 4th. Right. So midnight-ish. Eight. So it could go well, either way. 3
0: AM. So, oh, oh, but right, you know, you 4th. could say yeah. like
1: the night, the night
0: of the third or the morning, morning. of the fourth. Got it. Okay, yeah. So right. I, that's how it re- that's how it was said. So I find it weird that a machine, like they didn't know if it was the third or the fourth when it's the machine. So I'm thinking that's what they mean. Right. So it's believed she was buried first, then the children. Makes sense. Each victim was shot and killed by two bullets in the head. And the bullets had been shot from a 22 long rifle. Shocking. Um, none of the neighbors had been awoken by gunshots. Gee, I wonder why. Maybe because it was silenced? The murders were considered to be methodical executions. All the victims were in their pajamas, so they are believed to be killed in their sleep. Oddly enough, there were no traces of blood in the home. When the crime scene investigators took samples at the scene, they did not find any fingerprints or DNA from anyone. Mm -hmm. So at this point, there is still no physical evidence to implicate Xavier. And remember, Xavier is from an aristocratic lineage. Mm Mm-hmm. And by killing his whole family, he is ending that lineage. And that's basically a no-no in the aristocratic world. And that could be also why Thomas, the eldest biological son, was not killed at the same time as his family. Mm. Xavier could have hesitated in killing Thomas. I believe it. See, that's what, yeah, that makes total sense. And that's why Thomas was buried separately. He was not killed
1: at the same time. It was later. Because he hesitated. So my guess is, is he put pills in everyone's food or whatever the night they went out for the movie and the the dinner Mm -hmm. or figured out a way to get them to take it, eat it, whatever. And then obviously mom first, right? Except for mom, of course, the kids. I mean, Mm -hmm. so mom first, he may have, I'm guessing, strangled her while she was sleeping. The kids were killed first. The kill, I thought I said Agnes was first. Uh-uh. Oh, no, she was killed first, yes. And then I'm, I'm assuming he's strangling her. That's why her sleep apnea machine fucked off and was like, what's happening? You know, they got all those readings at 3 or 4 a.m. And then he went in methodically and just went pop, pop, pop to the kids, Thomas being the last one. Like, he maybe buried everybody else and then went back. See what I'm saying? Thomas wasn't killed till the fifth. Everybody else was killed early in the morning on the first. On the first? I mean, the fourth. The fourth? How did Thomas not? He was away at college. And he came back on the fifth. Um, Right? Xavier called him home. That's right. And then so he came back. Do you think, well, he wouldn't have seen it because they would have been underneath the terrace already. Mm -hmm. Shit. But there was
0: no blood in the house. No blood, no fingerprints, no DNA, no nothing.
1: But the sheets were taken off the beds. Were they found with the bodies?
0: Why wasn't there blood spatter? It's a rifle.
1: I have no idea. I'm just saying. That's that's
0: really weird. May 10th, an international arrest warrant was issued for Xavier. Hell yeah! June the 23rd, um, cave experts actually searched 40 natural caves in a 10-mile radius with no success in finding Xavier. For almost eight years, the police ran down more than 900 reports and thousands of statements looking for Xavier. Wow. April 9th, 2013, an operation was conducted to find Xavier's body and investigators insisted by, assisted by cave divers searched um, an old uh, mines in VAR, where he was last seen. Because he was last seen walking across the parking lot of Mm -hmm. the Formula One hotel. He has never been seen since. Shit. Um, Here they found it was where Jacques Massé and his family were found murdered in 1981. They couldn't find him. May 2nd, 2013, a search was carried out by 50 police officers and firefighters from a unit specializing in searching in dangerous and hard to access locations. They found nothing.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to find a dead body with this
0: guy. 2015, bones were discovered in barn near a camping containing a camp containing items marked 2010 and 2011. They thought they found Xavier's remains, but DNA testing determined they weren't his. July 2015, a journalist in Nantes received
1: a photo of Arthur and Benoit. On the back was written, I'm still alive. I knew it. See, he's going to play with people. This motherfucker, I'm going to say okay, here's my new theory. Here's my new theory. He he drugged them all. He, he so much so many sleeping pills that he was able to get them out to the backyard and shoot them there.
0: In 2019, there was a raid on a monastery because a poor monk was mistaken for Xavier. Oh, God. But it was not Xavier. I mean, <laughs> the the monastery, they had to issue a statement. The police had to issue a statement. The, those poor monks got doxed and they're like, it's not me, yes. dude. <laughs> oh God. October t- 11th, 2019. The Scottish police said they arrested Xavier at a Glasgow airport. No, no, hun. DNA test proved it wasn't Xavier. Exactly. No. July 2020, when Netflix brought back Unsolved Mysteries, mm-hmm. they aired his story. Mm-hmm. And the new show generated more than
1: 2,000 tips. Okay, this is, I'm so glad you did this because when I watched this on Unsolved Mysteries, the new one, which is coming back with another season, holy shit, if you guys have not watched the new ones, they're fucking incredible. I was like, we need to find this motherfucker. And I was wondering how many tips actually came in. Okay, tell me, tell me everything. So, but why? Why did he do this? Because he's a family annihilator. Family annihilators are fucking, I'm just going to restart and do whatever the fuck I want to do. This isn't working out. So let me tell you. Well, on
0: the outside, the family seemed to have a perfect life. Kids in private school, kids in college. But that wasn't the truth. In the early 2000s, the family tried to relocate to Florida, but they had to return to France. According to Friends, from 2001 to 2011, Xavier was in a downward spiral of failure. And lost a shit ton of money and had bailiffs on his back with a string of failed businesses.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right before the murders, he discovered they were almost out of money. And um, they were about to lose their house. And that would expose his failure. And someone who was as vain and as proud as he was, he didn't want to lose face in such a manner. So did Xavier commit suicide and no one ever found his remains because of animals? Did he assume a new identity? Did he actually disappear because he was working with the DEA and the bodies weren't found, and the bodies that were found weren't really the family? Um, why wouldn't he be more stealth when trying to flee after killing his family? He used his credit cards. He was seen on CCTV, he ate out. Also, the whole That the bodies were in were beyond the capabilities of a man with back
1: problems. Okay, this back problem argument, I'm going to fucking poke a hole right up in that hole. If you're determined enough. And you have enough pills, (laughs) you can make shit happen, because if he's over here super, it's all about me, obviously, I'm willing to kill my whole family because I'm a failure and I want to do have a do over. He has enough motivation to get it done. So that's some bullshit right there. There were five tons of earth dug with only a single shovel. Only
0: four foot of headroom. There was no trace of the dirt that was removed. Where'd the five tons of dirt go? Christine claims Xavier had neck and back problems. It would not be able to do such a task. Given the low clearance and the the person who dug the holes would have hit their head at least once or at least rubbed their head on the ceiling. But no human
1: skin cells, blood, or DNA were found. Dude, it's called wearing a hat. I'm just telling. It's, it, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like all these things, like oh, he could never. Trust me, the whole he could never. I never imagined that person I could do these things. I didn't say he didn't do it. I'm just giving the people the facts. No, I, I make know. Determination for sure. It's like he can and he did. And so, no, we're not going to find his body because he's too conceited to take himself out.
0: So here's what. Stefan Goldstein, Ooh. the lawyer for Xavier's mother Christine and Christine's husband, had to say, "Oh yeah, please, please." Avalon quote, and it says, "We don't even know when the victims were killed. The autopsy points to death between ten and twenty-one days before the discovery. Such impress, such impression is truly astonishing. In reality, nothing is certain in this affair, other than the fact that some bodies were found." at 55 Boulevard, Robert Schumann. Were, investigations were carried out, but all, that they were allow, but all that they have allowed us to ascertain is that the bodies share the same DNA. No analysis has compared this common DNA with that of Agnes Hoddanger. Furthermore, my client confirms that the body's heights, weight and weights do not correspond with the known dimensions of the family members. In my opinion, this constitutes negligence during the autopsy, but the the autopsy allows Christine and Genevieve to step into the breach. What I also know now is that one man alone cannot dig a hole under the patio, even a man blinded by rage and hatred. 2.5 2.5 cubic meters of earth was displaced. The affair is based on the idea that Xavier Dupont killed his family before burying them. Nor the line of inquiry has been explored. I do not know who killed this family. Nothing about their lives has led me to believe that anyone would ever have it in them to this extent. That is the conclusion of my clients. Since no one could have killed them, the fact is they are not dead. <laughs>
1: OK. Um, was, uh, so many things there. First of all, what do you mean that the bodies aren't the people that they did? They, they, they did a DNA test, right? Like this wasn't like just, oh, there's some random ass so bodies behind the house.
0: That says they did a DNA test to compare to each other that they're all related, but they didn't do a DNA test to
1: compare them to people that are still alive to like the actual family to see if they're- Right. To see if it's actually that family standing Right, right, right. Well, then who are these? Here's my next question. Well, then the fucking, who are these people who happen to be the same sex and ages as the children and the two dogs get fucked? No, those are the family, for one. Two, no, we're never going to find this motherfucker. And if we do, he'll be like one of those guys, like that other guy they found off Unsolved Mysteries, 20 years from now who had a whole other family- and, it, and his his neighbor turned him in because she's like, that looks like my neighbor. Um, the guy who killed his other family in New York with the, with the ceiling, with the, the glass ceiling or whatever. I totally believe this guy did it. I don't know how he fucking did it. Do I think Thomas may have helped Billy bury the graves? That was a question that came up. Possibly. I don't think he hated his family that much. I think if he did, maybe it was at gunpoint. Like, let's get this done kind of situation. But. I I definitely think if he had enough time, which it sounded like he did, he could have gotten it done. Absolutely.
0: I mean, you have to take Estelle and you got to put Estelle in the equation. Estelle is doing the Lord's work. Sometimes we need a nosy neighbor. I know. Would have Estelle had seen them, seen him. Well, he she closed the blinds. I'm just saying. I'm like.
1: We got to keep Estelle in mind. What yeah. does Estelle know? And also, here's the other thing. I think all of this could be, every once in a while, be a little bit of an Estelle. You know what I mean? Be a little bit like something's off here. Go with your gut. Get up in there. Figure out what's going on. Call the cops. I'm just surprised that those, those tips led to nothing. Like another 2,000 tips came in from the Netflix show, but nothing came of it? Interesting. I definitely think it was all pre-planned. I do think he's more. He thinks he's more clever than he actually is. Obviously, that note is a very clear indication that he's like, "Look, I'm tying up all the loose ends." He's probably in America. He's probably here. He's probably my neighbor. Probably this <laughs> neighbor well, living next to us right
0: now, having killed his whole family.
1: Oh, he definitely did it. What do you think? That's mess me. You clearly know where I stand on this matter. I don't know. I'm going to let the people decide. You have no strong feeling either way. I mean,
0: I think he did it, but then it's like, did he?
1: I like the whole "did he" aspect. See, you like unsolved shit, don't you? I love it. Oh, <sighs> see, I I, 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 I do, think- but I don't.
0: Okay, we're on episode thirty and you're just realizing I love unsolved shit. <sighs> I know, I
1: know. I just I can't. I do, but it bothers me. I'm like, I want to know. I want to know. I want something. And if there is a question, here's my thing, back to the lawyer, okay? If you really feel that way, unless these bodies have been cremated, get them retested. No, they were cremated, and I think very quickly,
0: I would... There was a lot of things that, A, I have to leave out, because, like, it's hard to find information, and also, like... I don't have five hours to talk, (laughs) but I do believe the bodies were cremated and very quickly. Mm. Quick, quick cremation. Don't like that.
1: Exactly. It gives me very quick cremation is nefarious vibes. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, No, I don't mm like it. mm -hmm. It's putting off. Oh, oh, my God. This case is so good. It's such an interesting, fascinating because there's all these things that don't match up. Like you said, there's no DNA, no blood. No, how does he move five tons of dirt? Like, all of these things just feel wrong. But at the same time, the simplest answer feels right, that he did it. Sometimes, you know, the, I mean, the Occam's right. Like, he did it. There's, like, he did it.
0: Yes, I mean, like.
1: How can someone go through here's a, the thing. murder an
0: entire family and here's leave the, the thing. dad?
1: Come on.
0: Here's the thing. Sometimes, when it seems, when it's. Too perfect is just too perfect.
1: You know what I'm saying? I think so. You're saying that just because it feels like it was him, it it isn't, essentially?
0: I mean, it's like when somebody serves something
1: up on a silver platter, Mm -hmm. it's too perfect. Oh, okay. Okay. This, this this here's the explanation in other words and maybe not that might okay oh that's such a good one i don't know man maybe we'll we'll find him we'll be alive for sure i have a feeling i have a feeling this is going to be one of those ones where 10 20 years from now we're going to be sitting at home watching our in the metaverse watching the news and this dude's face pops up and he's got a beard and he's fat and all this stuff. And you're like, gotcha, bitch.
0: Here's the thing. I didn't pick this from um, Unsolved Mysteries. I was looking up man cunts <laughs> and this popped up and I was like, "Ooh, this is real good. And then I started doing my research and typing up my report. I'm like, Oh shit! I saw this on Unsolved Mysteries. Yes, yes. Like when you started to go into it, I was like, "Wait
1: a minute, this is ringing a bell." Yeah, I was like, "Oh shit!" I saw this Unsolved Mysteries, and it was fucking amazeballs. Yeah, no, I like how you presented it better too. I was just gonna say that because how they presented it on Unsolved Mysteries didn't have the level of detail that I needed from it. So I'm glad that you did it because I was like, "There's all these unsolved questions, like." They just kind of presented it after the fact, like, wait, no, what, how did, what's the timeline here? I don't understand. You know, I'm a writer. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) And a storyteller. You majored (laughs) in English, right? It was one of my majors. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) it, oh, it's great. Oh my God. That's phenomenal, girl. Well, you're ready for our, what are we going to call these? Trophy dads. Trophy dads, not star dads. They're star moms. Trophy dads. And man cunts. Yes. Love it. So I'm actually doing multiple dads today. It's a story that captured my heart and you've probably seen it. Probably everyone's seen it, but I just had to talk about it because I was really stoked on it.
0: Make me cry, girl. Dad's on duty. Uh, Wait, is that the dads that go to the school?
1: Oh, I love this. I love this 100 percent. I know. I'm just like "Ah!" I know exactly who I'm doing. So dad's on duty uh, Shreveport, Louisiana in this year, 2021, which last year, um, violence at Southwood high school escalated to around a two dozen students being arrested. Um, the school fights were getting obviously out of control and parents decided to step in and solve the issue. After an incident on September 17th, they decided they need a strategy on how to end the violence. So, you know, they had a PTA meeting, essentially, with all the families. Yeah, Which I think is, yeah, at that point, it's like getting out of control. This is not acceptable behavior. And plus, we don't want the kids to start off their whole life that way. You know, getting arrested. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a shitty way. So thinking this would be a quick 45-minute meeting, families stay for four hours and put together an entire plan. I love that they were that committed. Yes. We need more,
0: more of that and less Karens.
1: Yes. Michael Lafitte Jr., he's kind of the, the head guy, I guess you can say, was the one who got all the parents together for this meeting because he has a daughter who's a junior at the school. He told the Shreveport Times, quote, at the end of the meeting, there were a group of fathers who decided to just go to the school and patrol, walk around and show a strong male presence on the campus. I don't care how old you are, what size you are. It's something about seeing a man, a positive male figure, a father, your daddy or whoever you want to call them at the school. It will make you straighten up and fly right.
0: I mean, it's true. And you know what? And a lot of times when you
1: don't have that male figure in your house, you actually crave it. Yeah. And this is not to say that non-binary people can't raise children by any means. No, that's not what I mean. That's not what we're saying here. We're saying that that, um, a lot of times... When you come from a
0: broken home and
1: you had that figure and it that
0: figure walked out on you.
1: Yes, exactly. Or went away or for whatever reason or circumstances change and shit happens in your life. And you may have had a tumultuous family. Maybe there's domestic violence going on, whatever. Point is that you don't really have anyone you can go to. And maybe that your other parent is working all the time trying to provide for the family. So they're not available.
0: And I really feel like When I say male dad figure, it doesn't necessarily have to be a man.
1: Correct. It just means a strong influence who is going to guide you in your life. Period. That's it. Like, it's like a making sure, like a checks and balances Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Exactly. So um, the Monday after this meeting, they started showing up to school at 7.30 a.m. at the bell to get everyone into their classes. Like, hey, guys, time to go. Let's get started. They started off with just a few dads and now it's 40 dads there throughout the day, taking shifts before the beginning and end of school. And at lunchtime, they patrol the school as cool uncles, <laughs> Michael likes to say, and keep and help them navigate the ups and downs of high school, more like a mentoring type program. They usually have about six to 10 dads there at any one time and even go to extracurricular activities like sporting events or, you know, band practice, things like that. Just kind of keep an eye on things. Um, And they vet the dads to an independent security company just to be safe and sure, which I'm like, yes, yes, good.
0: I mean, they do that with everything now. Like when I helped coach soccer, Mm -hmm. I had to go through a background check. Yeah,
1: I get it. And it was not school related. And that's I totally understand that. It makes sense. I wasn't mad at it. No. If anything, you're like, great. That means that everybody else here is also checked. You know, I'm like, here's my social. Do you need to dig deeper? Please do. Right. There's nothing. So there. I know everybody else has been thoroughly. Exactly. After starting this program, there have been no more fights at the school. A lot of the kids said that they didn't like the police presence at the school after all the fighting, because why the fuck would you? Because all these guys are from the community, the kids take them more seriously because they don't feel as uncomfortable around them as a you know stranger police officer.
0: Well, and also it's Johnny's dad. It's Stephanie's dad. Right. You know, and so it's less um, authoritative. Even though it's authoritative, right. it's
1: less authoritative. And plus it's like with the police there, I know where they're at schools, but it's also it feels like a penalization. Like the police are serious shit. They're going to take you to the police station and arrest you. A dad who sits you down is going to sit you down and have a conversation. So it's almost like they can have the exact same conversation. Yeah. Word
0: for word. But it doesn't seem as
1: punishment. Yes. Thank you. That's what I'm trying. Yeah, exactly. It's more like, let's have a conversation and work this out versus, okay, cool. Get in the back of my car. Yeah. There's that at the end of it, it could be another situation altogether. Yes. Yeah. Totally agree. One kid said, quote, I felt immediately felt a form of safety. We stopped fighting. People Mm -hmm. started going to class. I mean, again, Johnny's dad, Sally's dad, Shaniqua's dad. Like, that's so cool that you know this person and they're basically like you can even go to them. Yeah. Some shit pops off. You're like, I'm really upset. I'm mad. I want to hit this person. They can talk it out. And they're right there. Yes. Love it. The mayor's report, Adrian Perkins said, quote, this is one of the most effective mentoring programs that I've seen up close and personal. We would like to help you all see this vision through expanding this program, not just here in Caddo Parish, but giving A strong foundation to expand all over the country. You know what?
0: Here's what's funny. So we're having problems at one of our local schools Mm -hmm. with fighting. And while my kids don't go to the local school, I see it on the local like neighborhood page on Facebook. And like one of the parents has said, why don't we do a dad's on duty? Absolutely. Um, Because fighting is an issue. And, you know, it, it's, it, it is expanding like this. This thought has been I don't know. I don't think it's been followed through, but somebody has said, why don't we do this?
1: Yeah, I, it's a phenomenal idea because it's the thing is, is like these guys are volunteering their time. Most of these men have full time jobs. Oh, yeah. So and, and yeah, they're listen to this. They're working on expanding to cover every school in Caddo Parish by the end of the school year. And have set up a GoFundMe to help them because, again, they have full-time jobs. They don't have the resources always to always be on on campus. And they're obviously looking to expand. So they would love to have the funds to be able to help them expand and, like, supplement some of their incomes if they have to take time off work or whatever. Um, And then get this. So this is the last, like, quote from Michael. Because not everybody has a father figure at home or a male, period, in their life. So just to be here makes a big difference.
0: I 100% believe that.
1: I think we do need to expand this to all across the country. I think it's an incredible program and it's all volunteers. I mean, it's just, I was so, I almost cried when I read that. I was just like, this is
0: so great. Yeah, I've heard of that and I love it. Hey, our friends talk in Chittature, they're in Louisiana. I wonder if they're in Caddo Parish.
1: Are your husbands part of Dad, uh, duty, dad, dad's on duty, dad's on duty. Oh my God. Please let us know. Cause that is such a phenomenal idea. I, I don't know. It's just such a juxtap- juxtaposition with all the awful news we all know about with the recent shootings at schools and shit. It's just like, no, it's not going to solve the problems of the world or the school system or anything, but this is a huge step in the right direction. Oh, but a hundred percent. I think,
0: you know, Parents being involved in their kids' lives, like, period. Yeah. Is so important. Truly. You know, the, all the girls at the dance studio just used to call me mom.
1: Oh.
0: And, you know, and I always told all of them, like, if you ever need anything, get my number from Ha daughter. You yeah. can call me. Anytime. You need me. I'll be here. Like, <laughs> I... We would take one girl home for a while cuz she didn't have a ride. I would have sex talks with them in the car, you know? Yeah, cuz her mom didn't talk to her about that stuff. She was like,
1: "My mom doesn't talk to me about this." I was like, "Girl, listen." Yeah. Like if this is something that's concerning you, we need to have a conversation. And the other thing is is like like, "Oh, well what about the mom and and stuff like that and what, you know, overstepping boundaries, la la la." You know, so Um,
0: they had actually moved here from what country it was. It's a tiny country um, and the mom didn't speak English. Mm. So I think culturally that was not something that they talked to their children about. Mm -hmm. And they were at an age where like sex was going to become an issue. Right. And I'm like, like I'm not, promoting you doing this. But if you're ever in a situation where you make this decision, use a condom.
1: Please be safe. Exactly. Think of yourself first. Truly. Think of you first. Period. Every I, time. I just didn't want a teen pregnancy because
0: no. there, a conversation was not being had.
1: Right. Exactly. And but that's also shows you that. It does. It's <laughs> cliche. It takes a village. It's true. Like. I think instead of this actually goes right back to the beginning of the conversation, fighting about splitting the lane instead go, is this really a fucking problem? No. How about we talk about the violence in schools? How will we talk about the real issues here that we should be getting upset about? Not this fucking bullshit right here. Yeah. And I mean like, okay. I
0: understand like the people that are getting pissed about this. They're like, I'm worried about the safety of the kids. Well, how, you're not, it's against the quote unquote rules to do this. How about you? It's also against the rules to let your kid out on the side of the car right. that's in the middle lane. Right. And I have literally read your response on Facebook that says, My car's full of kids, so they get out on both sides. They can scooch you across the seat, bro.
1: Yeah, I do it all the time. You can do it in an Uber, I've done it in my own car. Like, we, it, it happens, <laughs> it's a
0: very easy thing to do. I mean, or do what I do because my kid does have to get out on that side of the car because my lane is the left lane. My kid rides in the front seat because he's 13. I watch. I look in my rear view and my side mirror. Nobody's coming. I say, "Okay, I love you. Have a good day. And I say, at least learn something today. And he goes, I doubt this is going to happen. I say, OK, love you. Have a good day. And he goes, love you, boy.
1: And he gets out of the car. Yeah. I mean, it, there are definitely bigger issues. And I just love how its it sounded like such a simple, no duh moment. Yeah. Like, why have we not thought about this sooner? But like, damn, it's so effective. Yeah, it really is. And you
0: know what? I, here's what I think it is. I think it takes like one person to truly care about more than themselves and their own child Mm. to care about the community as a whole and
1: not just care, but love the community as a whole. That's a really good point. And I think, and this is not to say it's all about race. Most of the children in in the school and the dads on duty are black. And they've already had to have that kind of community Mm -hmm. because, I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, they've been oppressed. So I think it was a lot easier for them to think that way, if that makes sense. I feel
0: like African-American communities are more love love as a whole, love Mm -hmm. the community as a whole.
1: Than white community. I agree. And they take care of each other. It's more about like what's good for the for us versus what's good for me and my family. Look out for like they, they, you don't just look out for your own. You look out for everybody's. Because think about it. The older grandmas, the big mamas, they like they're called, are they t- don't just take care of their grandkids. They take care of the neighborhood's kids mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they discipline the neighborhood's kids. Right. So and, this makes sense. Oh,
0: God forbid you discipline a Karen kid.
1: Oh, yeah. She'd be like
0: calling the cops on you. How uh-huh. dare you?
1: You know, but I do remember when I was growing up.
0: That's what we did. That's what. Oh, Lord have mercy. I got I got disciplined by everybody on the block. <laughs> Me too. Like w- <laughs> if if one of us did something wrong as kids, we all did something wrong. And who was first house we were at? We all got punished. Yep. You go home. You go home. You go home. You are all in trouble. You all go home for the day. Yep. And, and I, you know what we yeah. did? We did not go outside and play together. We all went the fuck home. Because you're in trouble. And when you went home, <laughs> your mama said, why are you home? Because you were not supposed to come home until street lights came on. Mm-hmm. And you said, Mrs. Smith said we all had to go home because blah, 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 blah. Yep. And your mama
1: was like, go to your room. Yep. And you're in trouble at home. Absolutely. I think that that is I agree. It's a it's a community thing that we need to bring back regardless of race or whatever. But this just goes to show you a really good example of. We all need to take care of each other as humans. We just do. We need to care about each other and love each other and just not give a shit who or what you have, who you have sex with or what you want to who you want to marry or what who
0: cares? You would have thought a global pandemic right. would have made us like all wanna care about one another and take care of one another, but it fucking didn't.
1: No, yeah, exactly. So we love you as you are. Do you boo boo? And more of this. Yes, more of that. You know what? I'm gonna
0: tell you about something next episode that I love. Oh um, I you can't know what? Wait. I just saw the time. I'm gonna tell you now. I saw this on TikTok this morning. I sent it to you in a message. Okay. Let me turn my volume down.
1: Oh, look, <laughs> you just popped up on my oh TikTok. Oh my God, it's my face.
0: It really is your face. That was, famous. okay, messages that I sent. It is cold. Um, let me go here, let me go, uh, here, okay. TikTok stand-in families for the yeah. LBGTQ community. No, I'm going to cry. Can, you can sign, I'm going to, I'm going to sign up to do this. You can be a stand-in family at, for anything, for people in the community that don't
1: have family. Are you serious? Like LBGTQIA plus youth, like that, at their family have like, disown them or whatever you can be their their surrogate family oh my god i love yes. this so much we will absolutely have a link on our website and our blog See, for look, this together we make family tiktok stand in families. holy crap it is literally called tiktok stand two words in families yes and go find them on facebook they're obviously on tiktok as well here i
0: fucking love you know this. What? let me go back let me play this tiktok let me turn my volume up
1: It's called TikTok Standing Families. I started this group
0: several months ago with some friends from TikTok. We have over 4,000 members now.
1: We have members in all 50 states, Canada, Australia, and Europe. We will stand in at weddings, graduations, uh, any
0: life event. We also offer emotional support if you just need someone to talk to,
1: a text message, or a phone call. If you need these services, or if you'd like to offer these services, the link is in my bio. So my mom calls me. And I she freaking love it.
0: So the TikTok account is at the t h e underscore. Hold on, let me make yes at the t h e underscore zombie z o m b i e. Underscore Dan, D-A-N.
1: Zombie Dan. Bless you, sir. At
0: the underscore zombie underscore Dan. Fucking love it so much. And if you go to his um, account, you can go to stand in. So my mom
1: called. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I started the video, And You can go to his account and. um Yeah, click on the link in his bio. And it has like a link tree to all mm-hmm. the stuff. Like I said, we'll have all of this on our website. See you next Tuesday podcast. You can find us there. And there's always a blog post for every single episode that has all our links, all our references, and all the websites that we support. Yes. So I'm going to sign up to be a stand-in family. Oh, my God. I love it. I think that's so important, especially around now, like even the holidays have passed and stuff. And even even that's such a hard time to not have a family. And then just throughout your life, it's a hard time not to have a family.
0: Well, I- you know, we talk about these cunts, these family member cunts, and I think you're a cunt if you do that to your family because of who they love. I completely agree. I, I think you're a complete fucking cunt, and I will hunt your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> cunt hunters? <laughs> oh, oh, that reminds me. We need to put up a poll about what we're going to call our listeners.
1: Yes. Ooh, so be able to look out for that. Uh, where are you going to post it? Twitter, Instagram? Both? Uh, both Twitter and Instagram. We
0: here are your options. Um, C unit,
1: C unit, G unit. <laughs> we couldn't help it. It's like a task force. C, C, C unit. It's like fighting C, cunts everywhere you go.
0: And then there's cunties. Oh, cunties is cute. And that's all I have for now. <laughs> we'll 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 post it. Yeah, we're yeah. We need to know what you want to be called.
1: We feel like. You guys need a name. Yeah, absolutely. Because we love our fans and we love you guys so much. Oh, for supporting our Patreon series, by the way, the Duggars. We will have some more. Obviously, they come out this month already. So check it out there. We have stickers. Um, We have more podcasts coming your way. Um, That's a little like, (sighs) I don't know why. What are we doing? Because we don't have full-time jobs at all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot going on in my life right now because
1: I'm absolutely insane, we're gonna do this. That's okay, we're here for y'all. But yeah, and actually TikTok, I can also do a little poll. So let us know what you want to be called. Um, And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.